Today I want to talk about what we can do in our business in 2024 that's going to make it so much better than all the previous years. So we're going to talk about something that we're doing in our business and that we're helping other businesses with and something that you can do as well in your business to make it stand apart in 2024 from all the previous years that have come before us. So it's early January 2024. I hope you've already set some goals for the year, some nice aspirational ones, some stretch goals. Hopefully you've used the OKR templates, that's objectives and key results, and you've made those smart goals so we know exactly how we're gonna get there, what we're gonna achieve, how we're gonna measure it, and in what time frame. So 2024 is going to be a really different year for business. We already know that there are massive differences in terms of cost of living for our, probably our customers. Uh, competition is fierce. Everyone is a media company these days, whether you do uh, carpentry or whatever you do, you know, there's always an element of media that needs to go into business. There's also massive economic macro shifts uh, that are meaning that we're going to have to compete in very different ways. So we're going to go through something that stands the test of time and can help you get the attention that you deserve in your business this year. Now, you already probably know the importance of personal branding. So if you look back at all the businesses that you're watching these days that are doing really well, they usually have a founder who has a strong personal brand. They have good authority on what they know and in what industry. And so what that means is that when someone looks online, which is what we all do, we're looking on our different social platforms, we find that person and we resonate with them and we think that they are the person that can solve our issues. They're the person that we think of when you're lying awake at night and you can't get that problem out of your head for your business. You're thinking, what would that person do? And that's ultimately what personal branding is and what we want to help you achieve. So it's a reputation that precedes you, effectively is how I would describe personal branding. More than that, something that we really are big on is building a movement because building a personal brand is one thing. You can put content out online like I'm doing now. You can put out authoritative pieces of, uh, of writing, but ultimately people will only come so close to you. And actually what you can see is if you look at someone who only puts out educational content, they actually over time will start to decline again because there's only so much education you can put out. What you need to do is build a movement around what you're doing. A movement brings people closer to you and that's the way to stand out in 2024. And part of what we're gonna to touch on in this, uh, in this episode or this video is how to build the movement using the special technique or the, you know, the old age technique of marketing through storytelling. Because if you can use a story to bring people closer to you and the education and the value you can give, but give more than that through your personality, through your expertise, but also through what you stand for, your vision and your values, something that aligns with you, people are, are much more likely to stay longer with you and hopefully build more of an affiliation with you to work with you for longer and tell their friends how good you are. It's more than just being good at what you do. So let's break that, marketing, that storytelling marketing down using the three V method that we use. So the first one we need to talk about is your voice. So how do you find your voice? What do you want to be known for is a good place to start that question. What do you want to be known for? If I was going to put you on a stage in front of 3000 people, what would you talk about? Is it something that you are good at? You've got skills and experience in? Is it something that you want to change the world because of? Is it something that you need to help other people with because you've had a, a tough experience in the past? What is that thing that you want to be known for? What is your voice, right? So what is the problem that you solve? So we need to be known for one thing, but it's absolutely okay to solve a problem associated with, with what you want to be known for. So a good example would be, you know, in our business, the Healthy Entrepreneur, we want to ultimately create entrepreneurs that are healthier in their business. But what we noticed was that people who are 
trying to come to us because they want to be healthier ultimately need their business to be more supported or to grow more firmly first. So we started helping them with the marketing, helping them getting their voice out there, finding their feet, getting them more customers, more leads, more conversion through either social media, paid advertisement, whatever it might be, building a movement. But we ultimately want you to be healthier. So if you work with us, you go through the whole thing of our knowledge is in business growth and marketing, but our movement is in keeping founders healthy. So you come to us for, to solve a problem and then you stay with us because you know that working with us is going to keep you or help you grow as an entrepreneur quicker than if you did it on your own. So that's the way that we've brought in our solution to a problem and built a service into that solution and then created a movement that actually is something that we super resonate with and we really want people to achieve. How can you do that? And we see this all the time with our, with our clients. You know, we've got clients that do things like um, they, they have, maybe they solve back pain or they solve some sort of uh, ailment in your body. You wouldn't just say to someone, you know, your voice wouldn't be, I just solve back pain. Your voice would be something around how you can transform someone's life and it will never be the same again. And you're able to tell that story of how they can play with their grandkids when they're older or they're able to go back to that sport they love or live that life that they're supposed to live because they found your solution. It's talking about that voice. So it is that transformation, but ultimately it's what do you want to be known for and why? So something to remember here when we're talking about voice is you've got to make sure that it's backed up by something. So in 2024, I think we're going to see the death of the narcissist. So someone who just tells stories online because they've got stories. They've just had an exciting life and they just tell stories and people just follow them. I think that will start to drop off because there's not a lot of value there. It's not actually that interesting after a long time to watch someone talk about how they've done exciting stuff around the world. It's not that engaging for a long time, long periods of time. So when you're talking about something, make sure that it's backed up by credibility. So whether that's something that you've, you've done in terms of brands you've worked with, experience you've had, life experiences, education you've received or skills that you may have acquired. So for example, if I was going to talk about, uh, if I was a language teacher and I was gonna talk about the importance of speaking languages, I would make really sure first that I'm really well versed in a language other than my own, but also communicating the power of that language and why it's so important to learn that language and then being able to part the wisdom of how I learned it. Because I can go and just get an app to learn, to learn, to learn a language. Well, that's difficult to say. But if I work with you, there has to be a reason that you have a strategy that allowed you to learn that language quicker. So. Make sure that everything you do with your voice aligns with your values. It aligns with what you want to be known for. It helps solve a problem that people already have. And you've got the credibility or the experience or the education to back up why you're good at that thing. It's not always necessary because, you know, some people do have um, voices in things they're not that good at because they're on that journey. They're documenting their journey. A good example there would be someone who wants to work in climate change. They want to create a movement around changing the world for better solving climate change they might not be the best person in the world to solve you know the carbon you know the carbon issue or fix the ozone layer but they will make sure that they live a very carbon neutral life and that's really important because you can't just do something without backing it up people will, will see straight through that in 2024 people call out scams more than ever you see facebook ads all the time people selling courses people selling whatever it is and in the comments, you'll always see scam, scam, scam. Don't go to here. This is a scam. 
And that could be the competitors obviously doing that. But ultimately, it's probably people just going, this is too good to be true. And therefore, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. I'm not even going to go forward and take a step to see if you're the, tr- the, you know, the reality. I don't trust you anymore. So voice is number one. Number two, when we break down the three V's of storytelling marketing is visibility. So visibility in 2024 is really easy. I could get a lot of attention today if I went downtown in Dubai and did something ridiculous by the Burj Khalifa. I will get a lot of attention. I can get a lot of visibility, but it's not going to be positive. So it's not going to build authority and it's not going to be something that I want to do. But getting attention is easy because we have social media. Knowing which social media to use for you and where to grow authority is really, really important. So we'd recommend choosing two. Just pick two platforms to start with. So everyone will have tried Instagram. Everyone will have probably tried TikTok. If they haven't worked for you, that's fine. I would look at the ones that I've used because that's where I know I can get growth and therefore you can get growth. So the ones that we've found really a lot of success personally for are LinkedIn and podcasting. A lot of our clients have Instagram. We've helped a lot with Instagram growth. I think with Instagram, you've got to have a very solid, um, you've got to have a very solid why. So why would someone follow you? That follow button has become more and more elusive. Whereas on LinkedIn and on in podcasting, of course, you know, you're listening to this now. You can, you can listen to half of it and go away. You can, you can read some of my LinkedIn and go away. With Instagram, the algorithm is going to keep putting it in front of you and it's going to keep allowing or, or creating a, um, a, a sort of a scrolling feed of things that you might not want. And that follow button has become very powerful in that algorithm. So people don't follow as much as they used to. Whereas it doesn't happen on LinkedIn. It's more based on the engagement. And with podcasting, obviously, it's in your pocket. You click play whenever you want. There's not necessarily that scrolling mentality. So it's a different kind of thing. And it's really, really important to, to be aware that podcasting and, author- and uh, LinkedIn are two of the highest authority places. So as in, if you have a podcast and you're big on LinkedIn, people think more highly of you than if you have a big follower on TikTok. And when I say think more highly, they just consider you to be able to offer more value than someone who has a big following on TikTok or Instagram. That's just the way that people could consider LinkedIn and podcasting right now. Of course, that will change, but right now it's a great place to be growing. So you've picked your two platforms. And I say pick those two platforms because you can then use that that, that content elsewhere. So I'm currently recording a podcast. You're listening to a podcast, but you might be watching the YouTube video. You might even be reading some of this in a LinkedIn post, or you might be reading some of this in a tweet because I can use all of this content to put in other places, but I focus solely on LinkedIn and podcasting, but I'm able to repurpose my content elsewhere if I'd like to, and if it's relevant. So you've got to choose different places to go. So you can also consider things like uh, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest is really good for organic organic growth, B2B. Then you need to think about the type of content you want to put out. So video is obviously universal, but the world is changing with video. So in 2024, it's going to be really, really important, I believe, to use your data for what your audience and the movement that you're building and what they want. Because anyone could put out really very, very high quality video nowadays. It's quite easy to get you know, an iPhone or a cheap camera and film in 4K at 60, 60 FPS or, or more and get some really cool templates and create really nice reels that go out on you know, TikTok or the short form, um, short form platforms. And even putting out YouTube videos, it's not that hard. You can get an editor to do some really cool stuff or you can put out something that's a bit more simple 
um, which is what I tend to like to do, which is sort of not as much, um, uh, not as much sort of editing to be done, a little bit more raw. And that's because I'm testing different things all the time. So 2024, we'll see that ramp up of video. And I believe in 2025, we'll see the resurgence of ugly ads. There's obviously already a lot of people pushing ugly ads. And an ugly ad is when you just video yourself, you know, with your phone walking down the street and you can put some paid spend behind it. And the point is that when everything becomes so perfect and pristine, we look for something else. If you've ever seen the film, The Incredibles, in, Incre in The Incredibles 1, the villain says, if we were all super, no one would be. And that's a really good quote that I quite often think about. If everyone is, has amazing video on all the platforms, you know, all the social media platforms, what would make you stop? I would never stop because everyone's got a great video. I don't, I don't really care. It would come down to the hook and it would come down to someone doing something different. So probably in that state would be something worse. It'd be a worse video. And that's exactly the same in all types of marketing. So we're seeing people at the moment do really well from doing ugly marketing because it's opposite of what everyone else is doing. If everyone's doing it, it's not always right. In fact, you can blend in quite easily. So video is one way to obviously get visibility. Um, the other thing we should think about is optimizing the platforms we want to grow on. So if you've got LinkedIn, podcast, Instagram, you need to make sure that the branding across all of those platforms is really, really similar, if not identical. You need to make sure your bio is really, really clear. So I want to be able to see in one sentence what you do, who for, and why are you authoritative? So not just I help burnt out business owners make money. That doesn't really mean anything. You want to, you want to make sure that you're saying exactly who are the burnt out business owners? Are they B2B? Are they B2C? Are they D2C? Who are they? What are you actually going to do to solve their problem? And what's the result they're going to have? That needs to be in your bio really quick, really easy. We're looking at ROI all the time, aren't we, in the, this day and age? Someone that just says, I can get you more followers. I'm not interested because I don't trust you because you're probably going to buy them. You're probably going to buy bots. I don't know what you're doing. Whereas if you say, I can get you organic attention from your ideal client in the B2B sector for whatever you do, it's more interesting. I'm going to start to trust you more. Remember, 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 wow. We're always looking for no like, and trust. Those are the three things that we need in sales. So, we also need to think about call to actions. So we need to make sure that in those bios there is a call to action that someone's actually going to want to click on. So we don't want to use the big link trees anymore. We've got 10 or 15 different links. We want to go for just two or three, probably even just two, sometimes even just one. And where do you want to put people to go? Well, you need to think about the options that they're thinking of. So this really comes into value quite nicely, which is the third V, value. So this is the start of your funnel. So someone's found you on your platform. We're not, we're not considering here running campaigns. We're just talking about organic content going out on the platform. They found you, they like you. They want some more information. That's what happens these days. People want to, to see some more of you. So they go to your bio or wherever it is and they want to see something else. And they're gonna to wanna to see different kinds of value you can give. So written might be, you might be able to give them a, a newsletter, a really high value newsletter, which gives more value than your content or more specific value. Maybe it's more video they want to see, so more education. Then we need to think about YouTube probably. Or it might be that you have a really good lead magnet where you can give them a webinar for free or a, a free book or something. They're unlikely just to book a call straight with you. So you want to give them some sort of options and then the CTA for the next element, which would be that newsletter, YouTube or webinar or lead magnet, would then be book a call or start to be able to buy your product for prospect, your cheaper 
your cheaper element to your service. Or it could be that they go straight to the high level thing. You always need to have the website in there as well because they might just go straight to the high level. You need to cater for the different kinds of people. So once you've got the, the option in place for someone to actually click through on, we can then think about how we're going to structure that. So you've got different kinds of audiences. You've got a warm audience and you've got a cold audience. You've actually got three different kinds of people we need to cater for. You've got someone that knows and loves you, someone that knows of you but doesn't know you that well, and someone who's never heard of you before. So we need to create three different kinds of content for that kind of person. It's worth bearing in mind as well that these kinds of people will want different stuff for you. That's very, very true. So we need to break that down into how we actually deliver that kind of thing. So you don't want to, for example, you don't want to ever sell on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the worst place to sell something. That's where you build authority and then you allow the links to click out to something more interesting. Someone that's never heard of you before is going to want pure education or pure value. Someone that kind of knows you is going to want a combination of education or of value and actually probably a bit more towards you and your movement. And someone that absolutely loves you is probably has all your information. They've probably binged everything you've ever done and they just want more of you. So think about it in terms of a YouTube channel. Right? If you want to grow a YouTube channel these days, you want to have 75% educational or value-driven. 25% is purely what your audience wants. And it's probably going to be some sort of vlog, some sort of bring me with you, some sort of documentary, something where they get to see you and what you're like and what you're up to. But they will have found you by educational content. They'll have trusted you from educational content. Then they'll have wanted more. Then they're brought into the movement. This is why you can see if you look at, if you study social media or study influencers, they've gone straight to the, just come into my house and, and see what I do in my life. People love that. As a business owner, that's a bit more difficult because you're not going to gain authority by saying, just come with me to work every day and I'll just vlog this and become an influencer. It's, it's a quick way to do it, but you might not gain authority or you run the risk of not gaining authority when you're doing that, which is fine. Some people would like to do that. Some people would rather have authority in the marketplace. Depends what kind of business you're trying to grow. So, if we then think about actually telling stories, you need three things. We need a beginning, so we need a hook. Hooks are so important in storytelling. We, it's always been the same thing, but nowadays we need to get that hook to work in under a second. So what we often see when we tell someone to start writing a hook is that, for example, at the top of their LinkedIn, where you only see the hook, and then there's a see more button, and then a picture. Or on YouTube, uh, where you just see the thumbnail and the hook, the sort of the title of the video. People will write something in there that explains exactly what's happening in the video. They think that's what they have to do. Or they see on LinkedIn that they're just gonna explain, um, I, I've solved this issue for my client. That's not gonna stop a scroll anymore. Maybe it would have five years ago, maybe even two years ago. But now you've got less than a second to create intrigue in someone's mind and follow it up with either a thumbnail or a picture to then make them stop. Because if they don't see that intrigue, they haven't got that itch they need to scratch, they're just gonna keep going. They don't care. No one's thinking about you and your stuff. They just want to solve an issue that you put in front of them. So we write those hooks and we need to make them inspiring and nice and short so that people, so that people stop really quickly or open your email or even click on your video. We need that really good, uh, really good reason to stop. Think about time as a currency whenever you're writing a hook. Would it make you stop? I, I always ask someone else for my hooks. So I write a hook, ask someone else, is this interesting? I want honest feedback. And if it's not, we go back to the drawing board. It's as important as the content is your hook or your thumbnail, whatever you're doing. 
The second thing we need to think about is your story format. So we need to give value to the story, but you need to remember that it needs to be, if it's written, super skimmable. So people are not gonna read blocks of text. Same in the videos. People do not wanna to listen just to you rabbit it on for ages. Maybe this video is a good example of what not to do because I've spoken just me again and again and again. So think about that. Why is someone actually here? Is it because I'm teaching you something? Is it actually valuable to you? Maybe it's not, maybe you've gone away. Maybe you're not listening anymore. If you're still here, I appreciate you. So that's the same in written content on LinkedIn, for example. Make sure that there's a reason to stay. Make sure that it's easy to read. There's never that part of the, the text or the video that goes, this is boring. You've said the same thing or you've broken it into a, a, you know, a too big a chunk that I'm not interested with. And then think about your content pillars. So you only wanna think about three or four things. This goes back to the voice element of the three Vs. What are your content pillars? So if you sell swimming pools, you wanna only talk about how to keep a swimming pool um, clean and safe. You wanna talk about why swimming pools are such an amazing investment for a house and how much fun you could have in a pool with your family and your friends. That's all I would talk about off the top of my head. Those three things again and again and again in different types of stories. So you wouldn't say the exactly same thing, but it's the same kind of vein you want to go into. Because if I talk about other things like, you know, um, how I can keep my pool clean whilst growing a, a veg plot or something random like that, it just starts to lose a bit of credibility. It doesn't quite make enough sense. So just stick to your three pillars. Don't talk about random things. You see it all the time, business owners talking about one thing and then they'll tell a story about how they've driven a quad bike around you know, the desert in Dubai. It doesn't make sense. As long as, if it's not brought back into something that's gonna help the content, there's no reason just to tell a random story. It's really important not to deviate from what you were trying to do. And then the final thing I would say here is a resolution. So what was the answer to the takeaway? Right, what was the answer or the takeaway? What did you say in your hook that people wanted an answer to? Because if you get a really good hook, even with a really good piece of content, if at the end there's no resolution, there was no, uh, there was no itch to scratch, people are not gonna come back to you. They're not gonna be happy with that video or that, um, that written content or that email marketing campaign or that landing page for that matter. If you've written a lovely story in the landing page and your bottom uh, CTA is you want someone to click to book a webinar and you lost them in the middle, they didn't quite know why the webinar is important because you didn't give them that, that resolution they're not gonna go and click through to the next thing. They're not gonna follow through your funnel. Your funnel's gonna break. So make sure they can scratch that itch. Make them consider the information and how it affects them. So when you're writing content, it should always start with I. So the hook would be like how I've done this. And by the end of your actual story or your block of content, end with you. So how is this gonna affect you? Or could you think about this? How could you do something different? What action would you have taken? Whenever we're conveying a story, Think of it like a movie, right? So there's different frequencies of movies. Someone that likes action probably likes the frequency to be quite quick. A lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, dopamine hits. A lot of bumps in the movie. There's quite a lot, there's stuff going on all the time. So it's like boom, 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 boom. Things happening. Whereas someone who likes, you know, a horror or a thriller is much happier to have a longer gap. Even this is actually true for someone who likes to read um, sort of a longer, think of a longer novel with smaller writing. Someone who's happy to sit there and sort of just consume, consume, consume consistently, and maybe there's an answer at the end to whatever they are reading. You need to keep people engaged, and you need to deliver that dopamine 
in a way that they would want to have it received or want to have it given to them. So you need to know your audience. Do they want to sit and listen through a, a one hour podcast or would they rather have five to 10 minute snippets? What are they like? That they, you know, it's so interesting that data is the new gold, but actually nowadays, the person, the, the gold really is how you interpret that gold or that data and then take action. Person that can interpret the data the best will win. So we've gone through how you can build a story, what you need to have involved. Then we can talk about once you've nailed the three Vs, you can start writing or creating these stories. But remember to cater for those three people. That's really, really important. The ones that love you, the ones that know you, the ones that have no idea who you are. There's loads of stuff you can do in there. And I want to bring this all the way full circle back to building movements. So it's really, really important that when we're testing our data, we're understanding what people are actually asking from us in our stories. We're building a movement, remember. So when you're giving out education, when you're giving out value, think about why someone would stay with you. So can you bring in another expert to talk about something that you don't quite know enough about? Can you give some, <clears throat> some really fun advice or some really interesting insight in something that is more than just what you give, just your solution? So if you solve one problem, can you then talk about something that's slightly more interesting at the end or slightly more powerful? So for example, we try to, in our business, talk about how you can improve your reach online through storytelling marketing. Ultimately, we work with entrepreneurs, founders, brands, to try and give them clarity on their story and show them how to get the attention they deserve through that story, right? That's how we do. But when you start to come closer to us, maybe you've listened to some of the podcasts with uh, you know, the amazing guests we've had recently, you'll start to realize that we talk a lot about founder health, about lifestyle, about fitness, entrepreneurial challenges. We give more value than what people who work with us thought when they just came to us to solve that solution or find a, find a solution to that problem they had. That's the beginning of a movement, right? That's the beginning of what we're doing, we're achieving. We're bringing founders together to make them healthier, to make them happier in their business, but we're doing it to start with by solving that problem, which is they don't know how to portray their value. And then once they come close and we solve that issue, we can say, by the way, why don't we look at health? Why don't we look at how we can grow the entire business? Look at your funnels. Look at how we can create a value ladder. There's more to a movement than there is just a business. So once you start to tell stories that align with the value you can give, people will engage with you far more often and your name starts to hold authority. You can probably think of a few people right now where when you're scrolling through whichever feed you're on, you will stop as soon as you see a name before you actually care about what the picture, the video or the hook said. That's because the name holds authority and that's what we need to get to. People that spring to mind straight away are Alex Hormozzi, Stephen Bartlett, Cody Sanchez. Three people to follow in the business world that you probably will stop at when you see their name rather than whatever they're speaking about or picture they've put up because they have so much authority because they grew through education and value giving and now you want to know more about their lives because their life now holds value to us because we know they are so good at what they do. Storytelling marketing is one of the oldest strategies in the book. And as technology advances, the old school ways are working better and better with our clients. The ones who are telling the best stories and they can convey what they do and why the clearest, they are outperforming their competitors with ease. So all I can say to you for 2024 is with your goals, if you want it to be different, 
outcome from, from last year to this year is get really clear on your story and then work out how to tell it best. 